0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. Alex could not be with us today, but that's alright. I'm giving him a pass. He's actually at Disneyland with his kids and his wife. I tried to give him a hard time, like, come on, you can't do a podcast while you're at Disneyland with your family, what's wrong with you? But that didn't work. So, anyway, um, got a special show today. We've interviewed Justin Colby before, but we're going to be talking about, I thought it would be good to talk about kind of the state of the market. Justin's a guy who's doing a ton of deals And he's also coaching and helping a lot of other people do deals. And so he kind of gets to see really what's working right now in the market, what's working for some students, what's working, what's not working for some students, what still works that was working five, 10 years ago. It's still working today. Surprise, surprise. But um, first, guys, I want to tell you, if you haven't already, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get our Fast Cash Survival Kit if you've not done that before realestateinvestingmastery.com, our fast cash survival kit. We created that, um, Alex and I did, and it's all about how we wholesale deals with equity or without equity. Alex talks about flipping deals with equity. I talk about how to flip lease options, deals that don't have any equity. And it's pretty cool. We talk about the marketing that we do. We talk about how we find virtual assistants. So if you have not gotten that yet, go right now to realestateinvestingmastery.com and check it out. And also, please leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Um, I was just did a uh, giveaway, a free iPad last week, or the week before, uh, for people that would leave us a review in iTunes, and I'm looking at my iTunes podcast, or podcast in iTunes right now, and it was so cool. We had um, a ton of people leave reviews, and uh, you know, Justin, I'll never understand these. Have you figured out the ratings and the... uh, uh, how they rank podcasts in iTunes yet? Have you figured <laughs> Yeah.
1: If if I knew that, I would be out of the real estate business, let me tell you.
0: Because I'm t- I'm not kidding. Um, I've been doing my podcast for six years now. I have 365 five-star reviews. And there's people that are ranked higher than me on this pod in iTunes that have like 20 reviews and have only been doing it for two or three months. And I know there's yeah. the new and noteworthy, but even people that haven't updated their podcast in months or years are still ranked higher. than Sometimes it just goes all around, all over the place. But yep. be that what it, as it may, that's okay. I'm not going to complain. Um, but listen, guys, I, I uh, asked you guys to leave a review and you get a free uh, iPad. And I had, oh, you won't believe this, Justin. We had about 85 different reviews, five-star reviews. Nobody left me any one-star reviews. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah, it is. I, I didn't tell people. Listen, you have to leave a five star review to get the iPad. <laughs> I just said, yeah, anybody. And it was so cool. And hey, I got about a, volumes for you.
1: Oh it's yeah, volumes for you and Alex.
0: I'm so really well humbled. Done. Really humbled. And so just looking at these, um, it's pretty awesome. There was a guy that gave me a one star review, and he was complaining about uh, somebody that I had interviewed on one of my episodes. Like he was complaining about them. I don't remember who it was huh. or what. But um I reported it to iTunes and I said, Hey, this has nothing to do with my podcast. He's just complaining about one of my guests. Believe it or not, iTunes removed the review.
1: <laughs> so, That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I was pretty excited. I'm grateful for that. But anyway, yeah. Um I'm glad you are here on the show. Justin, we had you on the show before. And um yeah. the I was looking I went to realestateinvestingmastery.com and I did a search for Justin and you are the fourth Justin we've had on the show. Did you know that? We've had that uh,
1: a, I did not know that, but <laughs> you know, first I just want to say thank you again for having me on. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you having me here and uh, talking to your loyal listeners, but you know, I'm assuming if I have to guess all of those people were born in the early to mid 80s. That was a very popular name. Uh, Justin back in the, you know, from 1980, to about 85. I find a lot of people that are also named Justin are typically around my age range. Give that, or take. That is interesting. So, well, I think I you're right. Very, there's, yeah.
0: There's Justin Colby. It's you, Justin Williams, yeah. uh, Justin Wilmot. He's from Florida. Yeah. He's about our age, thirties, forties. No, wait. So if you were born in the nineties, is that what you said? The nineties?
1: No, no, no way. Dude. I'm 35. I was born in 81. <laughs> okay.
0: Right. So I'm just trying to think of these guys. And uh, Justin Lee is the fourth one. Justin Lee. Do you yeah. know Justin Lee? Yeah.
1: I do. I know Lee very well. Very well. Literally. In fact, I was invited to go speak at a um, meetup group up in Canada, up in uh, Vancouver. Oh, cool. So he found out I was going to be there, and we spent some good time together up in uh, up in Vancouver. He was in St. Louis for some reason
0: a couple years ago. and I think he was looking at some rental properties, and we went to a... Rams game, a football game. When the Rams are here, nice. there's there about a 10, 12 people there at this game. And yeah. uh,
1: <laughs> Well, that's about the same that is at the L.A. Coliseum as well. Oh, it's embarrassing. It's just Right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. makes me <laughs> mad.
1: I agree. My <laughs> Niners are terrible, so let's just get off football in general. So the yeah. Atlanta Falcons and Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. My yeah. Niners are terrible. Your Rams are terrible. We're done with football.
0: I'm done, done waiting for uh, March Madness. But that's um, it. yeah, that's like the highlight of the year. I think uh, baseball playoffs and March Madness um, are my two favorite times of the sports year. But anyway, Justin, yeah. uh, how how are you doing, man?
1: Great, man! Absolutely phenomenal. Um, got back in town yesterday. We had, as you well know, Kent, Clothier, Sean, Terry, and myself have the Find and Flip Summit yearly, yeah. um, always in January. And so we had the Find and Flip Summit in San Diego this last weekend, rocked the house. There was hundreds of people in the room. It so was awesome. fantastic. It was it was awesome. Great stuff.
0: I uh, wanted to go, just couldn't do it. I've got kind of too many things in my calendar uh, in February uh, yeah. that I couldn't take any really time – away from the family on in January, but um, man, I wish I could have gone. Maybe next year I'll be there.
1: I like it. Would yeah. would to have you, man. It, it was, was a big event was, uh, too. I'm still running on that high, you know, that, that event high where you're, you're just going and I'm still running on it, man. It was awesome.
0: How many people do you have there?
1: We had 200 or so in the seats we had, which was interesting. The weather was terrible. We had over 400 people paid to be in the room. Yeah. Um, And because of the weather, we think um, it just the turnout was a lot lower than we thought. So we had roughly 200 kind of bubble math, but we were right around there. Um, But yeah, I mean, typically when people invest their money, they their skins in the game, and they're going to be there. But I think the weather was just so terrible. We literally were having comments on our Facebook feeds like, oh, no, my flight was canceled and I'm going to miss the whole first day. Oh, no way. You know, I think it happened to a good portion of people.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that happened. its uh, I heard a lot of good things about it from people that did go. And yeah. um, saw a bunch of tweets and Instagrams and Facebook posts from the event. So that's cool. Um, yeah. So you have a podcast as well, Justin. The Science of Flipping, right?
1: Correct. Correct. Science of Flipping. Been around for now three years.
0: That's amazing. And uh, yeah. the what is the what is your show about
1: It is all about um the science of flipping It is all about the systems the processes um the organization to build a real estate investing business flipping homes specifically residential homes right yeah
0: um,
1: and when I say flipping, I mean that all encompassing right so some people out there they might listen to sean Terry's podcast and their, their idea of flipping is wholesaling, right? Where you don't actually buy it or rehab it. You just flip the flip the property, flip the contract, wholesaling. So it encompasses that. It also encompasses after six years of rehabbing and fix and flipping, it encompasses rehabbing and fix and flipping. Um, and so in everything in between, you know, flipping contracts, uh, you teach amazing stuff on lease options, um, wrap deals. So all of the... Uh, concepts of flipping from wholesaling to wholetailing, to rehabbing, to lease options, to wraps, um, all of that is built in. And it's all about the processes, procedures, um, systemization of your business. So you can really build a business similar to myself or you or Alex, where you know you're living your life by design. You have time to go to Disney World like Alex does during the week with your family because you've built a true business. That can function without you, right? Um, I know you are uh, a you know family is number one to you, and everything that you do is about family. And uh, your your business is able to run while you're in Europe, right? When you're in your RV traveling the nation, and that's what my podcast does is the ability to put together the systems, the processes, the structure, so that you can make a real business and not just a high paying job with. Flipping residential real estate.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Now I know you had you on the show before, where you talked about how you got started in real estate. Will you just touch on that briefly again?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, back in '05, I started a, uh, a brokerage out in California as a realtor. Uh, it was great. Doesn't mean I was great. Meaning, it was a circumstance of the economy, right? I was making a ton of money, but who wasn't making a ton of money um, when all that <laughs> fell apart? I lost it all. Right. I lost my $500,000 condo, my $90,000 Lexus. I had $40,000 that I was just using on credit card debt just because every month I could pay it off. All of it gone. Right. So I found myself back in 2000, early 2007 on the couch, literally on my buddy's couch. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I didn't love being a realtor anyways. It was more, I was chasing money Yeah, and, um, I wanted to be in real estate investing. This is right when people, you know, you could find some YouTube videos out there. Um, you know, Chris McLaughlin was out there and several others that you and I are friends with. Yeah. Um, Preston and so forth. And you could find just enough, right? It wasn't overwhelming, but you could find enough videos about it that me and my business partner were like, let's go, let's do it. We're in. And it literally took me a year of living on a couch, living on a couch, broke, busted, disgusting, having nothing. My ego was gone. I was completely insecure. I was broken, not just financially, but, you know, personally. Right. But I I still had this. I can do this. Right. I had this faith. I had this belief And what I will say is for all those just getting started, for all those, you know, trying to figure out how to get more than one deal a month or you need to believe it before you see it, baby, that's the first thing that comes. You have to have the faith believe it before you see it. Just like Joe is successful, myself and Alex and many others that you see in this podcast or here on this podcast, they believed it before they saw it. Right. And so I did and I knew it. And it took me nine months to get my first deal. Um, that year we did two deals, which was a whopping $14,000, one, four, 14. So I was still broke. <laughs> I was wow. still broke. Um, but, I, but now, because it was tangible to me, now I saw a paycheck. Now I saw I could do it. It was over. The next year, we did six deals. The year after that, 20 deals. The year after that, 46 deals. Then 96 deals. And then we got into developing townhomes, 79 townhomes, so on, so on, so on. And um, it all goes back to you have to believe before you see. Yeah. And if you do – Nothing will stop you. There is nothing that can stop you. Nothing at all. That's Because interesting. your belief is that strong.
0: That's interesting. And then what year was that when you started, when you did your first deal and then you started really doing a lot of deals after Our that? Our first
1: paycheck came in 2007, late 2007, I want to say.
0: Okay. And where uh, were you living at the time?
1: I was living on the couch in San Francisco, San Francisco. lower pack heights. When did you move to – do you live in Phoenix? I do. I live in Scottsdale. I moved – so what happened is I wasn't necessarily – well, A, I didn't have the money to. But my business partner lived out here at the time. Um, So he could kind of be the feet on the street, so to speak, when we were getting this started. So I was doing all the cold calling, all the appointment setting, and he would go, right? He would go meet with the people. Um, And then I moved out here officially in 2010. 2010, I think we did 46 deals. And he was like, dude, this is, you know, I don't, <laughs> I need some help here, dude. <laughs> it's cool yeah. that you're in San Francisco living the life and all, but, you know, you can come out and, and help a guy. So I came out 2010 full time uh, and have been here ever since, man. I love it out here in Scottsdale.
0: All right. All right. And so you've, I'm glad you're in the Phoenix market because Phoenix as, gets really hot and gets appreciates really fast. I thought you were talking about the weather. (laughs) No, no. no, Well, yeah. But I'm talking about the real estate market. So you get these tremendous highs and these huge crashes and these really lows, right? And uh, so sometimes I think, and I may be wrong, but what I see is like what happens in California and Phoenix and Vegas kind of is a precursor to what's going to happen around the rest of the country. And um, so I've always studied and been really interested in kind of what's going on in the uh, sand states, you know. Um, I guess you could say the same with Florida, right? But um, why do you think Phoenix is that way? Why is Phoenix such a competitive market, prices are going up, you know, and and you have, I, I believe, Phoenix, you guys have recovered all of the values that you lost when the market crashed. Isn't that right?
1: Correct. We are exactly where we should be, um, 2005 values. So yes, we have recovered completely. Um, as of last year, we had a seven percent increase in appreciation, um, and I think that that will probably maintain five to seven percent again this year. Um, so I guess if, if I'm understanding your question, why do you think we're so volatile? Maybe yes. is that is that?
0: Yeah. Well, what is it about Phoenix? You know, besides the 110 degree weather in the summer. That yeah. makes people want to live there. You know, I don't get it.
1: Yeah. Um, several things. I think one, um, because of the landscape, right, we can build, right? We have a lot of, like California, very hard to build there now because there's not just, there's not enough room anymore, right? Okay. Um, so the landscape itself gives the opportunity for people to build. So when people have the ability to go build, well, then they might overbuild, right? So that can help with the fall of, of a a real estate economy, right? Where there's too many homes per people. Okay. Banking and whatnot also plays into this. Um, but also, you know, as far as a desirable location, where location in the country is very desirable. Uh, we have a huge college ASU here. Um, I, I don't even know population wise, but I would say probably top five in in size as far as pure population, I would guess. Um, you know, uh, we have sports teams here, right? So we have the Suns for basketball, Diamondbacks for baseball, sure. Cardinals for football, uh, Coyotes for hockey, right? And I think every team except for Coyotes have won a championship in the last, call it 10 or 15 years. Um, so there's there's the weather in the spring, fall, and winter is second to none, I would argue, right? So we don't have the humidity of, of Florida Um, it's pretty much like today is 65 degrees and sunny. Nice. Right. And I can tell you in a lot of places in this country, it's not that beautiful. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of desirability for people to be here. Um, I know Apple just, uh, two years ago, they bought a million square foot plant that they are now looking to fill with employees this year in 2017. So you can imagine how many employment opportunities are here. Uh, GoDaddy is here. There's a lot of the tech industry moving from California here because cost of living, which means cost of paying all goes down, right? So the cost of living in San Francisco versus the cost of living here in Phoenix is a 20th of a percentage, right? I'm just making that up, but it's, it's drastically different. Um, and then, so companies are saying, well, why be in San Francisco when we can be in Arizona and it costs someone, you know, you can buy a 6,000 square foot house for $400,000 in Arizona, where it would cost you know two point four million in San Francisco, and because of the cost of living, you don't have to pay that same person as much, right? right. So, employers are coming for that fact. So there's a lot, right? And I'm just kind of giving you an overview because we could dig into any one of these and really dig down into them. Um, but there's a lot of reasons that people want to be here, um, with the weather, with the sports, right? Like we have the Phoenix Open, we have the Barrett Jackson. This is all happening in the next month, right? Barrett Jackson, Phoenix Open, um, spring training starts in late March. Uh, you know, it's, there's a lot going on, and then there's good employment opportunities, right? So yeah. combination of all this, opportunities for real estate investors to build, right? I started building two years ago, started building 79 townhomes. So there's just a lot of desire now. What can make it fluctuate? is any number of those for the same reason, right? Maybe it gets overly populated. Maybe the bank economy happens again. Maybe they overbuild and there's too many homes for the people that need them. So, and depending upon people's financing ability, maybe they can't get the loan for the new home, um, you know, so they need to rent. So then the rental market's really good here, right? Um, And talking about what you do really so well, the lease options, that's a huge open market here. Yeah. Yeah. for people like you and me, right? To be able to go in and create some lease options to give the people who can't yet buy the opportunity to buy. Right? So there's a lot, right? And I can go into any one of these, but it tends to make it a little bit more volatile. But to your point, we typically are the pulse, right? So if you think of what's coming up, if you pay attention to the Phoenix real estate market and we're starting to dip, you better, you know, pull in your money, pull in your cards, you know, get everyone out of the rain because if we're going to start dipping, right. six months later, Vegas is going to start dipping, uh, Florida is going to start dipping, parts of Texas are going to start dipping. Conversely, if we're starting to go like 2016, we had seven percent appreciation. Hey, maybe be a little bit aggressive in into this new year, right? Did you um, say seventeen percent appreciation? Say it again?
0: Did you say seventeen uh, percent?
1: Seven. Seven.
0: 7% appreci- That's it. Twenty sixteen
1: hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Huh, I thought it was a lot more than that.
1: No, it evened out a little bit um, because we were on some rapid like we were doing 26 percent the year before. Um, like we were back to the this could get scary if we keep appreciating like this. OK. Um, and I think everyone recognized it. I think the interest rates going up um, towards the end of the year helped even it out a little bit, um, though they didn't go up much. They went up enough. So um, it's good. It's way healthier to be at 70% than 26%. I will tell you that. Sure, sure. So,
0: All right. So I, I'm glad you talked about the market in Phoenix because I think that's real similar to a lot of other big markets in the U.S., Seattle, Nashville, Denver, um, where prices took a hit, but now they're coming exactly. back up and there's been strong, aggressive growth. And there's also a lot of investors in the phoenix market and so one of the you know being in the i do deals in st louis and so this is why this is really intriguing to me it's, st louis has always been even steven just drops a little bit climbs a little bit you know we, we obviously were hurt during the market crash but not as bad as people in florida and arizona and california so um but the a lot of Students are, are trying to get into the business right now, and they're they're in competitive markets like Phoenix, um, and they're, they're frankly struggling. I mean they're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Most of them, <laughs> most of them are, um, but you know, just the three to five percent response rate with postcards just doesn't happen anymore, right? And and I may get two percent response rate in St. Louis, but somebody is doing really good if they get 1% response rate in Phoenix where it used to be you know I could get 5% in St. Louis and people in Phoenix could get 3% and so you do you find it true Justin that to do deals today in this market you just need to do more marketing or am I looking at it wrong how would you say
1: it's funny cuz so great question what I would say about that is the answer is yes, but I want to qualify my answer. Um, So Sean and I talk about this all the time, right? Is how to get our profit margins up, how to do more deals. And so we tend to be, we cast a wide net, right? Um, So we do as much marketing financially as we find there to be a benefit. Meaning at some point there's a diminishing rate of return. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing that, I would teach anyone or tell anyone is the only way you can lose in this game, especially when you're listening to someone like Joe McCall is if you quit, Mm -hmm. he's telling you exactly what to do and exactly what works. And, um, marketing is your lifeline. And if you don't believe that, then you shouldn't be in the business. That is your blood. That is everything. And when you stop marketing, you die. Right. And the same is in any business, right? I don't care if you're Uber or Airbnb or, us, real estate investors, right? Um, Look at Bed Bath & Beyond, for example. I mean, weekly, I get their postcards, weekly, Um, because they know the value in their marketing. And so, if you're looking to do more than one deal a month, two deals a month, then you have to push the limits of what you financially can do with your marketing. The more the better, right? It's just like, if I have 30 balls at half court and you have five balls right under the basket, how many shots can you make out of the five balls that you have under the basket? Five. Yeah. Okay. But if I have 30 at half court, is there a chance that I could do make more than five out of 30? Yeah. Cause I just have simply, I just have more opportunities, right? Sure. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult. Maybe I'm a little further away, but can I, do I have a chance that I could do more than five shots, make more than five shots? Absolutely. So, for those of you who are trying to figure it out, right? Trying to figure out what we call like the um, system and processes. Like, man, I'm doing a deal a month, two deals a month. I'm making ten grand a month or whatever. And you're trying to get that next level. The answer there is going to be your marketing, right? And that's one answer. It's not the over end all be all. But you got to keep marketing and increase your marketing, right? By a percentage, right? I continue to increase my marketing by a percentage of profit that comes back into the door. So. If you're just getting started, you need to start marketing. If you have no money, which I had no money, you need to do anything. Marketing is cold calling. Let's not fool ourselves. Oh yeah, door if no, if knock—that's marketing. I want to if talk you need about a cold that. Cold call—that's marketing. If you need to hit, put out, and handwrite your own bandit signs—that's marketing. If you're handwriting your own letters—that's marketing. Mm-hmm. There is no excuses. You want this? Like, there's a great book that now I've read officially. I've read it three times. Uh, just finished it last week. Again, for the third time, called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Yep, yep. Greatness is a choice. And if you are unwilling to do what it takes to be great, don't even play the game. Mm-hmm. If you want the lifestyle Joe has, that I have, that Sean Terry or Kent or Alex or any of these other incredible entrepreneurs have, you need to be willing to play the game. You make that choice. You need to go get it, right? I did a whole um, thing on stage this week about this. That's really good. And it's simple. It doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. It doesn't have to be so overwhelmingly time intensive, but it's just the choice, right? It's the choice to wake up at five so you can go to the gym by six. So you're done at the gym at 7 a.m. And every day you can say, I at least got to go to the gym. Those simple choices in life is what makes someone good to great, right? So- Marketing is it, dude. for the long answer. No, but that's perfect. That's exactly... uh, You know, the energy of an event, so...
0: (laughs) That's exactly what I was looking for, because um, how bad do people want it? How bad do you want it? It, It's easy to make excuses, and Justin, we've heard them when the market was hot, when it was cold, when it was easy to wholesale deals, when it was hard to wholesale deals. It's like, I hear the excuses all the time. There's always going to be an excuse that you can make, but how bad do you want it? And if it means... Picking up the phone and just making 100 phone calls a day. Driving for dollars, knocking on doors, handwriting your own bandit signs, handwriting your own postcards and letters. If you really want it that bad, you can do it. And then once you do your first deal, you can reinvest into more marketing, and then more marketing, and more marketing. And So what if you have to send 20,000 postcards a week? If that means that you can make 50 grand a week, wouldn't you do it? So... Right. I think people get intimidated by that and they think, man, I only have a $500 budget a month in marketing, and there's somebody in my market that's sending 20,000 postcards a week. How could I compete against that? Well, they're missing the point. I think they're missing the point. There is room for everybody, even in a competitive market like Phoenix. And uh, one of my guys, one of my friends who is a business partner, helps me do my coaching, Justin, um, lives in the Phoenix area. And he got started wholesaling, I don't know, a few years ago. And he um, didn't have any money. And so what did he do? Well, he didn't make any excuses. He didn't whine and complain. He went out there to the next real estate investing club meeting. And, st- and they have a time when people stand up and says, and say what they need or what they want or what they have. or you know. And uh, mm-hmm. he got up and said, listen, I'm good on the phone. I-, I can make phone calls. I have the time. I don't have any money for marketing. But if anybody here has old leads, I will call them and follow up with them. And if we do a deal, just pay me a few grand. He had three people come up to him and gave him each about 150, 200 old leads. And within a week, he tied up three deals and made, um, I think they paid him like two or three grand on each of those. Within a week, just cold calling old leads that other wholesalers had just thrown into the woodpile. And then what he did, one of those wholesalers came up to him, this was an investor, and said, listen, and this is in Phoenix. Um, why don't we do something together? I'll pay for all the marketing. You just take the calls, and we'll split the deals fifty-fifty. I mean, now there you go.
1: So it's incredible. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's it's how bad do you want it, right? You could, in fact, I'm reading a book right now. From it was written in 1999, written by a gentleman named Peter Conti, um, and he's not in the business anymore. He's out there just he just did the Appalachian Trail. And I think it took him like two or three years to do it, but he did it. And, uh, he just kind of is retired and he's still young. He's in his probably fifties, sixties. And, uh, so I just texted him and, and we've been playing text phone tag. Um, but he wrote a book called Multiple Streams of Income and it was written in the late nineties. Um, and it was about finding deals without using any of your own money or credit, nothing down using lease options is one of the main strategies he's talked about in the book. And I was reading the book and thinking, wow, you know, this is really, really good stuff. Now, of course, he's talking about classified ads in there, right? Like place a classified ad or call the rentals in the classified ads or the FISBOs. And maybe that's not relevant anymore today. But what is still relevant today is picking up the phone and calling people, talking to them, sending out some letters, making some phone calls, meeting them in person, learning how, learning sales skills, learning how to talk to people. And uh, just being persistent, making a lot of offers so i'm I'm hoping that guys, you listening to what we're talking about here, even though that book like that was written back what was it, eighteen years now, um it's Gosh. still relevant today. How many market cycles have we seen since that book was written? at least two or three you know and and Justin and I, we haven't been in the business probably uh Justin's been in it longer than I have um full time, but we've been in the business about ten years. And we've seen maybe one big market correction, but you know, it's like if uh, you read that book, "Who Moved My Cheese." You know, when the cheese moved, man, we just moved with it, and we went to go see where it was, and what do we have to do a little differently, and what do we need to tweak, and what do we have to do the same. It's, I guess, my point is, Justin, and I'm the one doing all the talking. You should be doing, them. you should be one of the talking here. But I guess my point is, let's 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 be brilliant at the basics. Let's be really really good at the basic things. And even if you're in a competitive market, you can do deals. There are no excuses. Believe it before you see it. I like that phrase.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hitting it dead on.
0: Cool. So, um, talk about Justin, in light of everything, in the context of what we're talking about here. Um, somebody is getting new, is new in the business. They want to get started wholesaling deals. Well, first of all, would you still recommend in this market that's a good place to start a good strategy? learn how to
1: wholesale? Yeah, I think that's the best way to start for sure. And and for basic reasons, right? Yeah. If you really think of what we do as real estate investors, whether you're a fix and flipper rehabber type, whether you're a wholesaler type, lease options, doesn't matter, right? You're in marketing and sales. And it's all about lead generation. At that point, you actually can make a decision on what you do with it. But as long as you're building your business with the intention. driving in as many leads into your business as possible, you now have the ultimate decision. You are now in complete control of your destiny. So what I would argue is typically wholesaling, lease options, uh, wrap deals, stuff that you don't have to come out of money, you don't have to go get a loan for, tends to be the best opportunity up front, especially to get your first check, right? Um, Which is always the point when you're getting started, get your first check. Um, but at the end of the day, what you're really doing is trying to drive in as many leads as possible so that you now have complete control of your destiny. Maybe you do have money and you want to flip it. Maybe you do want to buy and hold it. Maybe you do want to get along. That's fine. But if you're just getting started, I would always urge you to say, start with something that you don't need capital for. Start with something you don't have to go get a loan for. Start with wholesaling. Um, so that way, you know, you go get your first check. You can reinvest that check into going and doing more marketing, which brings you more opportunity, which gives you more control, right? So that would be my argument there. Absolutely for, for wholesaling.
0: Good, good. What would you say then that they should do? Let's say they have a $1,000 budget for marketing, uh, maybe 500 to to $1,000. What would you recommend them to start looking at and do? By the way, what you, when you were talking bunny trail here, I re- just reminded me of a quote I heard the other day from a marketer. Um a guy who does who, who's a he has a podcast called um, Help My Business Sucks. Have you heard of that?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't.
0: I think he changed it to just help my business, but um his name is uh Andrew Locke, I believe. And he said this the other day, I thought, Oh, that's really good. He says, Everything is marketing and marketing is everything. Think about that for a second. Everything is marketing, and marketing is everything. It all points back to marketing. All right. So yep. back to the beginner, Justin. Um somebody's just getting started. How would you and they want to do wholesaling? Where do you recommend they start?
1: Direct mail. Um I'm I'm a huge advocate of direct mail. There's a reason why Bed Bath and Beyond still sends one, one a week, you know, to me. Um, There's a reason why car companies are constantly sending one a week to me, credit card companies, um, because it works just plain and simple. You don't need to go have a big budget. You don't need to go um, use first class stamps. Write the marketing yourself. Use postcards. Limit your cost, but get out there. You combine that with some cold calling and some door knocking, you're bound. Again, if you don't quit, it's bound to pay off. Um, and it's, it's about, uh, actually I wrote something in my notes even as recently as this morning, if you give me a second, cause I always, uh, take notes when I read. Um, it is always about, um, continued improvements will ultimately get results, right? Not quitting, not quitting, um, consistency and being coherent, hmm. um, is gonna be huge, right? Consistency and coherency. Um, Those two will help you win. But what happens, I think in all businesses, but I'm gonna speak specifically to our business in real estate investing, is people do it for a month, they send out some mail, they don't get the call volumes or the deal they want, and they think it doesn't work or it's a scam. That's just not the case. You have to put forth the effort. You have to put forth the intention that I will not quit. And if you can do that and you can have patience and have the discipline not to quit, you will win. It's like going to the gym. It's like losing weight. Right? Yay! it's the first of the year I'm going to go and I'm going to crush out January and then life starts getting in the way In February you do half as much and March you do half as much and by April you go four times in the whole month. And you're like, oh, why didn't I lose weight this year? Or whatever. Same idea. Same concept. If you know, if you work out consistently and you eat right and you do this consistently over a year, you will lose weight. Does it mean you're going to lose the amount of weight that you want to lose? Maybe, maybe not. But you're losing weight. You're headed in the right direction. So for those of you who have expectations of of whatever they are and you don't reach those expectations but you see progress, you're headed in the right direction. That is good, right? Right. Now what we would encourage, what the book Good to Great encourages, now how do you go from good to great, right? And a lot of that has to do with continual consistency, um, continually looking at what you do well, looking at what you do not do well, and, and you know, being able to have the discipline to continuing doing what you do well versus what you don't do well. Um, it's incredible, right? Following momentum. And it's incredible how we've seen it in our business, right? Like every year we've doubled our revenue. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just we have the intangible ability to never give up, to keep pushing, to open up more doors. So
0: That's good. It's almost like um, I, I was thinking more along practical terms of uh, like, okay, what do you do? And, but you're thinking also mindset. And it started off with this interview the beginning believe it before you see it and so that is probably 75 percent of the battle isn't it just starting off with having that right mindset having the consistency and the persistence to uh, stick with it and you haven't even talked about the list to mail to yet or the type of postcard or letter to send right
1: right right and in in the answer is just to to finish up the mindset like you know who john wooden is i've heard the name So he's the UCLA coach that won 10 straight championships in the 70s, 70s and early 80s, 10 straight. People recognize him as the best college coach to ever be, period, right? In all realms, right? Football, baseball, basketball, it doesn't matter. They view John Wooden because of that record to win 10 championships as the best ever. Hmm. You know how many years he was at UCLA before his first championship? No. Fifteen. Wow. Fifteen years he was the head coach at UCLA before his first championship. That is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? That's determination. That's stick to ness How about That's Matt Ryan? Patience.
0: Huh?
1: How about Matt Ryan? How many yeah, eight years? He's been he's I been a quarterback it, for eight years I or something. So, right? I think
0: nine. Nine or ten years with the Falcons.
1: But yeah. Maybe and internet. so this is his first year of getting to this point. So, mm-hmm. but and to wrap that into tactical, um, tactical marketing for real estate investors, which you never quit, right? So now comes the tactical component. You want to go after motivation. Where's the pain? That list can be probate. That list can be financial distress. That list can be um, divorce. That list can be, um, you know, uh, uh, the structure has, is being torn down, right? So an old, old home, right? It's just, you can't keep it up. The financial, uh, situation to keep that home in good condition is too expensive, right? Find the pain, um, and market and don't stop marketing, right? And if that means, again, if you don't have a big budget, find five, hundred a 1, thousand people that you can send a mail or two, handwrite them yourself and hand deliver them. Every day go deliver fifty. In ten days that's five hundred, right? In twenty days that's a thousand. So you go after the list that has the most motivation as possible. Yeah. Which is a distress list of some sort. Yeah. Now there's two types of distress. There's personal distress, financial, and then there's residential distress. The actual property is in distress, right? Maybe yeah. there's a code violation. Maybe that the roof is falling apart and the person doesn't have any, you know, money to fix it. Maybe it's vacant and just completely um torn apart because it's just been sitting there for years. A vacant list is a great list, right? Because mm-hmm. either someone owns it and is not getting any income from it because it's vacant, or someone owns it and doesn't want it and so it's vacant, right? You're right. Um probate, divorce. Uh, and so many others, right. Like I have a whole list of lists that we go after, um, properties that have people, what we would call, um, like empty nesters, right. People usually 55 years or older is a great list because they typically either at this point either want to go and travel and go live their lives because the kids are out of the house. They potentially are old enough to go into, uh, like a home of sorts, right. A community of sorts. Um, or they want to be like Jones, get in an RV and travel the fricking world. Right? So that there's a certain level of maybe not financial distress, but distress that they're not living the life that they want to be living right now because now they have their lives back. So it's about going for those lists. If capital is an issue, hand deliver it 50 a day, 10 days is 500, 20 days is 1000. That's doable. That's tactical. It's doable, right? So goals are smart goals, right? I talk a lot about this on my podcast. Strategic, uh, measurable. Uh, uh, now I'm blanking. Uh, Actionable. Strategic, att- attainable. attainable. So I say attainable. Yeah. Right? Measurable, attainable, um, realistic, and timely. Yeah. Strategic, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely. So a 1,000, can you do 50 a day? Of course. I don't care if you work 9 to 5. You get off work, you have 50 in your front seat, you go deliver them on the way home. It's that easy. Yeah. Right? It is.
0: It is. Um, so cool then, Justin, you've got somebody that's doing the marketing. Um, they start getting phone calls. How do you... Because it's, it's one thing, let's say you get the mindset now, you're plugged in, you know you can do this, you can believe it, you're doing the marketing now, um, phone starts to ring. How important is it to have good sales skills, to be good on the phone, to know how to talk to sellers and negotiate? How important is that?
1: Um, I'm not knowing what you're going to want me to answer, but I'm going to give you my <laughs> honest truth about my company. Yeah. Um, it is pretty much above all else. And the reason why I say that is because we're in a marketing and sales business. Right, right. Now, before people start, you know, the the people listening right now are like, oh my God, I'm terrible over the phone. Oh my God, I'm so scared and terrified and nervous and I'm not good on the phone. Stop right there. Mm -hmm. That actually is okay. You can play that to your strength. Yeah. Because well when I started and when I, you know, hire people and maybe they're not great, I say, listen, the more empathy you can draw out of the other person, is an actual sales tactic by that. I mean, Hey, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm so nervous. I know you called about my mailer, but, um, I'm just not super comfortable. Maybe this is the first time I've talked to a seller. This is new to me. So please forgive yeah. me as I'm just so nervous. I hope you can understand. They're mm-hmm. going to say, Oh, of course I get it. Right. Everyone's going to say the same thing. Of course, not a problem. What, how can I help you? And then you go into it, you know, I want to know more about your home and blah, blah, blah. But that you're drawing on empathy, which is actual uh, a sales tactic to build rapport. So you're actually doing what I would be teaching you to do without you even knowing it. That's good. And from that point, you can start growing, right? Right. Always be a student. Always continue to listen to Joe. Listen to my podcast, Science of Flipping. Go and you know Grant Cardone is everywhere in the sales industry. Beast. He has books, videos, YouTubes. I mean, you name it. This guy is everywhere. Um, I would go li- listen to Grant Cardone. He has ton of free content. Um, but it is that alone is what the the shift of good to great. That's a huge component. Being great at being able to go through the steps of a salesperson, right? So you want to build rapport. You want to be able to get minor commitments. You want to be able to um, make a decision, right, and get a decision maker and qualify. You want to be able to probe all these different steps that if you've listened or been trained in sales are all steps within a sales team. But if you're just getting started, you can learn all that. All that is learnable. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can be learned that. And when you are genuine and authentically you, you will have a better time converting. So if you are new, if it does make you nervous, if you are uncomfortable, bring it up on the call. You will bring out empathy. And because of the empathy, you will help yourself build rapport. And if you build a rapport, people do business with people that they like. If they like you, you have a much higher chance of doing business with somebody. So don't worry. My answer is marketing and sales and phone skills and in-person skills is so important. But don't worry about being perfect yet. Understand that it's a process and progress and that you can start from this place of nerves and scared and holy heck, blah, blah. You know, I'm, It just drives me crazy and I get that feeling in my stomach and I almost want to vomit. I get it. Use that actually to your advantage and tell the person, I'm so nervous right now, I'm nauseous, right? Mm-hmm. People literally will giggle and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't be nervous. How can I help you? Will be their answer. Hmm. That's good. So,
0: Well, you, you, you talked – to- you totally agree and, and you touched the three things I think are key to success in this business. Number one is mindset. Number two is marketing. Number three is sales learning how to talk on the phone, and you don't have to be a rock star. You don't have to be Grant Cardone to be able to close deals. You just got to be have some empathy and be genuine and honest and open with the uh, people that you talk to. Real yeah. good. So, Justin, we're, we're out of time. I got to go to a, uh, an appointment with a friend, um, and I got to leave my office, so I have to go. <laughs> but uh,
1: Well, all right, all right.
0: So how can people get a hold of you? Tell me, uh, do you have a website they can go to? They have You have your podcast, the science of flipping yep. everybody right now, yep. stop what you're doing, go to iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and subscribe to the science of flipping. Justin's got some amazing content in there. What else can they reach you?
1: Yeah. And, uh, the science of is where you can find me. That's where all the content, the blogs, the, you know, I actually take the episodes of our podcast from iTunes and I put it onto my website um, just in case you're just on the website, you can go there. Uh, the Science of Flipping has my actual book. It is not an ebook. It's an actual book I sell on Amazon that sells every single day for $10. I give it away. So I'm telling your troops now, your tribe, go to my website, The Science of Flipping. I will give you my actual book. I will email it to you so you won't have a hardcover, but this is the same book that is on Amazon that is selling right now. I will give it to you for absolutely for free. Um so your tribe now can go to the science of flipping and just download my book. It's called The Science of Flipping. Huh. Right? So um again, all about processes, systems from wholesaling to rehabbing to fix and flipping, to lease options, you name it. Um and for those of you that are listening to me on the podcast, man, just like Joe, I would love a review, right? I'd love truth, honesty, but a review nonetheless, right? Yeah. Whatever you feel about my podcast, I would love those reviews and um my direct email can be justin at Flipping dot com. Justin at dot com, um, and I'm happy to help. Happy to be there for you.
0: Awesome. Justin at thescienceofflipping dot com. Now, did you go there to college? You go. Were you uh, were you a major in any kind of engineering or science degree? Or
1: yeah, I wish I majored. I went to UCLA and I graduated with a English degree. Ah, okay. And to this day, uh you and probably all of your listeners can still have better grammar and punctuation than I do. But you still wrote a book? I did. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. I wrote the book, Brilliant at the Basics, um by doing the four webinars, getting it transcribed, hiring a ghostwriter to make it look nice, and then hiring another ghostwriter to make it look better. Mm-hmm. And... uh it's an amazing book. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. I've never read it.
1: <laughs> oh boy! I'm a yeah, but you lived it.
0: I'm a little embarrassed to admit that, but it was. Um, I've. I just don't have the time to sit down. I got. am so many books I'm trying to read right now. Um, but that's the cool thing, you know. Just it, it's it's so full of good stuff, and I'm sure yeah. your book is too.
1: Um, anyway, I can't give me one good book recommendation. One good one. I'm always looking for a good book. Pumpkin plan already read it. Keep going.
0: Um, I'm reading the 12-week... Um, where's my Kindle? Um, this is a good one. But it's kind of like... Oh, I've heard that a hundred times. It's just good to be reminded of it type of book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm opening it up here. The 12-week year. The 12-week okay. year.
1: I've never heard of it. That'll be my uh, next download.
0: Get more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. The whole concept is you know, we all look at uh, January 1st as being like, "Ah, that's the start of something new. And we all push real hard to get to our goals by the end of January. But what if we change that around and made it every 12 weeks, every three months be a new year? And so we plan everything with goals and deadlines for that three-month period instead of the 12-month period. We'll get a lot more done. I love it. Faster,
1: um, twelve week going in. Literally right now, as you say that. See, I'm an action taker, right? Yeah. And this is what I would say is above all else what's have given me my ability to succeed. I just take action. I don't question it. I don't say, Joe, tell me more. Let me make sure I'm going to like. No, no. You're giving me a recommendation. I'm buying the book, right? Yeah. That would be my number one urge to all of your tribe listening. Just take action. Mm-hmm. Follow what Joe says. Do not question it just go and you will find results and even if your results are poor results at least you know now that gives you poor results and you need to change them that's good at a very minimum just take action it's really good cool justin well this has been a good show i appreciate it yeah thank you very much for having me on
0: very good in the podcast the science of flipping check that out the of is the website and uh, You got it. You can get Justin's book there for free. Check that out. And um, thanks again, Justin. I sure appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. All right. We'll see you guys.